Welcome to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. If you're looking to retire early with forever passive income, you're in the right place. This podcast is the go-to destination for real estate investors, both active and passive, and multifamily apartment investors, both new, intermediate, and advanced. Now, sit back, listen, learn, and accelerate your business, your life, and your investing with the Accelerated Investor Podcast. So, hey guys, welcome back to Accelerated Investor. Hey, I'm your host, Josh, and I'm super excited. I've got my business partner, Tyler Brummett, with me, and we literally minutes ago, just got the notice from Ben, our title agent, that says, yes, Stewart House has been funded. The filings have gone through the auditor and you are the new owner online. We yeah. are so excited. Heck yeah. Pretty amazing, huh? Yeah, it's awesome, man. I mean, especially from where we came and then buying in our own backyard. I mean, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. I think I was telling you earlier, couldn't sleep last night. I was at the at the parking lot at 7 a.m. just kind of walking around, just really absorbing it all in. I'm I'm extremely excited about this project. Yeah. Yeah. So let me introduce things real quick. So you're online with uh with Tyler Brummett. Tyler is our chief operating officer at Freeland Ventures. He's also the head of our acquisitions and also sits on top of all of our property managers. So he's basically our asset manager, if you will. Tyler and I have been business partners now for about two years. We met about four years ago when we brought Tyler in to head up our lending department of our private equity fund. And when uh, COVID hit in March of 2020, we decided to stop lending and just pivot everything we were doing into our apartments. We already owned about 2,700 units of apartments at that time with joint venture partners. And we just decided to say, you know what? Let's let let's stop lending and being a private lender, hard money lender. Let's just focus on our apartment portfolio. In the last two years since COVID, we've added twelve hundred units, roughly, to our portfolio. Twelve hundred units, all in Cleveland, all in the Cleveland area. We've got some other investments and stuff we've done out in Houston as well. So we've actually added probably twenty five hundred units total, twenty two hundred units total. But we really decided to focus when COVID hit to really focus on Cleveland and our backyard and controlling the construction, controlling the property management, controlling things in our backyard. Um, and so me, Tyler, and our other partner, Glenn Letta, all live and were born and raised in the greater Cleveland area. And I think that's really served us well. So Tyler, why don't we first start with just, uh, let's talk about Stewart House. It literally just closed a few minutes ago. It's a $16.3 million purchase. Tyler was the uh, is again stands up our acquisition department. So T, why don't you just talk about the deal, high level numbers, as well as kind of when you were first notified. So as an acquisitions person, for our audience that does acquisitions or is looking for acquisitions, how was this deal kind of procured? Yeah, so the deal came from relationships, right? So we closed out the last quarter of, of 2021 super strong with closing 170 units and then 220 back to back. And that came from our, our relationships that we have with some of our brokers local, you know, Marcus Milichap guys are awesome. They brought the deal to us. Um, they said, hey, listen, you know, we're, we're going to be bringing a deal to market. 
And then instantly when we, you know, Josh and I hear market, we're like, oh, here we go. You know, long drawn out process. And they're, they're challenging because you're, you're, you're competing with institutional buyers, right? Big companies that have been doing this for 30 plus years. So they brought us a deal. We toured it. Josh and I toured it. I remember probably there about 10 minutes and we're like, this is the deal we want. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's located in Cleveland in a, a great area, very close to Lakewood, very big property as far as just the overall plot of land, very good community on a busy street, close to the RTA. A lot of things are happening over there. Yeah. It was brought to us for uh, the whisper price was I think 15 mil. Whisper price is, hey, this is what we think it's going to sell for, 15 mil. We've learned our lessons in the past. So we came in pretty heavy. We we actually transact that $16.3 million, about 55 a door. So yeah, our plan is, is you know, we closed, I don't know, 45 minutes ago and we're ready to rock and roll. Our plan is to improve the units, make a phenomenal community for the residents, bring in more residents to the area and more better housing. Because right now we're about 40 units are vacant there that are actually completely, you know, and a handful of those are completely down. They're not even, you know, runnable. So probably going to put about $3 million into the property. And that's interior, that's exterior, that's parking lots, that's, you know, possible dog parks, amenities for our residents. And we're going to turn the full property, but about 50% are going to be full terms. We consider that's, that's everything. Um, and then the other half is, it's going to be what we call half turns. And that's where I'll be really heavily involved deciding on what we do. So yeah, that's a little bit about the the deal. It did go on. I think we started negotiating this thing towards the end of last year. We won this deal. Not This deal means a lot to us because we are competing with a very large company that owns probably 20,000 units. So for us, it, it was a little check off the, off the box of winning a deal at a great price. Yeah. Yeah. I think we lost, unless we counted... I think we've lost seven or eight deals and about $70 million worth of deal flow last year. Competitors, primarily one big competitor, which we'll keep nameless just out of respect mm-hmm. for them and for everybody involved. But yeah. they're a big player, man. And they're a big buyer. They got really deep pockets, institutional type buyer. And uh, you know, we know that that they're the, you know, the 800 pound gorilla in the Cleveland area. And you know, we we just we have we have a good plan, and I think ultimately we got awarded the deal because the seller saw the type of construction that we do, the type of renovations that we do. So when Tyler said full turn, some people say full turn, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you do new carpet paint, and you know, kind of paint the cabinets." No, for us, yeah. a full turn is literally eight to ten thousand dollars worth of everything new. I mean, cabinets, hardware, flooring, paint, trim shoe mold, brand new bathroom, uh, all new appliances. The whole thing looks literally brand new. But in doing that, we've proven that we can raise rents on average about $300, taking rents from, let's say, $750 to $1050 or rents from $850. Like at 52 Lake, we took the rents from $850 to $1275 doing a hard full turn. And so what happens is, is that we look at the model we normally on all of our other buildings and me and Tyler and our partner, Glenn, we look at this all the time, but our model is to turn half of the building as a full hard turn, improve all the commons. And then we get that rent up and we turn over half of the community. Then the second half, we kind of do as make readies or half turns. And we're putting about three to $4,000 in per unit. And then we're actually able to bump those rents on those pretty hard because we've improved the experience and we've improved uh, the entire community. So 
Tyler, talk a little bit about, about that. You've obviously been instrumental finding deals, but also on this turn process. And you know, some of these properties have, have gone to a fairly high vacancy, like uh, 80 Maple. We dropped down well below 80% vacancy. But in order to bring that thing back up to 99% occupied now, and sometimes you just kind of put that in the underwriting, right? And then just manage that really hard. Yeah. So one thing that I think we have learned a lot with, with buying real estate is you plan for the rehab, you plan for the acquisition, you plan for the rehab, and you, you plan for the exit, right? Well, there's a lot of little you know, things that can change within that process, thing that's called cash burn, right? So one thing that we've prepared very well on this deal is the property is not making money that well right now as it stands. It's making money, but it can do better. On top of that, when we improve the property, there's going to be vacancy. Right now, it's about 86%. I expect it's probably going to drop down to 70, maybe even a little bit more than that. And that's what we call cash burn. So that just basically means, hey, we got our expenses. They are what they are. Taxes are what they are. Those aren't going to change. The only thing that's changed is our income, right? So we prepare for that. We make sure that we have the capital in our operating account to fund that. And then it's about the construction, right? Being extremely tight and fast with this type of stuff. And I think that's where over the last year, we've done it better than anybody else. We've turned close to 140 units at one of our other buildings in 10, 11 months. So our goal with this project is being safe. is about three to four year plan because we are at 86% occupied. So the goal is to renew leases and take some of the residents, put them in new renovated units because we have a nice chunk about 15% of the units are down right now. So we can take 15% of those residents that will absolutely want to take a higher rent because they love the property and they want a repaired unit that is fully remodeled. So we'll start there. Then we'll take the other group and we'll renovate those. And then organically, you're just going to have people move out, right? And, and that's just the process. So we have to be very strategic on where we start, what units we're picking, and then what residents that we're moving over. Yeah. And, uh, after we get through these first 40-ish uh, renovations, about 30 of those are full hard turns, eight to 10,000 a unit. The other uh, nine or 10 are, you know, again, that make ready quarter turn, about 3,000, 4,000 a unit. We'll obviously return those, though those will all be done within 60 to 90 days and they'll be gorgeous. You know, you can look online at some of our other properties like Forest Ridge or Clifton Lakes or uh Sunny Slope or yeah. you know Valley Keep Park. Going. There's so many. Yeah, so many. JD Cove. You know, you could look at uh, I'm just encouraging our audience to go check them out online, look them up on apartments.com and Google. You could see the renovations that we've done. And then yeah, like Tyler said, we'll we'll fill those up. Some of the existing residents will move into those. That'll create some new vacancy. Then you know we've identified some of the buildings that need the most work, right? And sometimes it's just easier to not renew those residents, have everybody kind of in that common move out, and then just repair that whole common at one time, right? So, you know, you got a lower floor, you got their their garden style. There's 22 or 25, I can't even remember, 25 common entryways. And then there's roughly 12 units in each common. So sometimes... For those of you that you know your own apartment, sometimes you know, like each common can almost act like its own little community. And sometimes that little community, they can all get along, they're all really clean, they're all really good to each other, they support each other like family. Then other commons, it's like a, it's like two gangs going at it for 
right? And people can't yeah. see each other. They're loud and they're dirty and stuff like that. So obviously we want to make sure that those ones that are good residents take care of them and the people that are hard move them out. And so we've already identified some of the commons that are the ones that we want to keep the people that we know that really love the place and the people that, you know, obviously are going to not going to get renewed and have to go. So that's part of the plan. And Tyler, like one of the things I think that's really important here is because we have such a heavy construction budget, like two and a half to 3 million bucks. And Dave is involved our VP of construction and Glenn kind of sits on top of Dave and kind of manages that whole CapEx. Really what this comes down to is the day-to-day asset management, right? The communication between, you know, CapEx and property management, you're right in the middle of that conversation every day. So just help our audience understand a little bit about what does your day look like? Like managing that flow of the workflow from a vacancy to a demo, to a turned unit, to turning it over to leasing, identifying if it's a full turn or a half turn. Just describe for our audience what asset management is like for you. Yeah, it's funny because I actually made a post about this today uh, or yesterday. It's all about like swim lanes, right? Making sure myself, Josh, Glenn, our our employees know what they're supposed to do, right? And then the processes that we put in play for them and then the systems. So one thing that we've done over a year and a half is we changed our systems three times. So the day-to-day operations work like this. Our CapEx guys, Dave, our VP and Glenn work with me that also works with the property managers. So everybody is in lockstep with how things are flowing, what units are coming available, what units are coming complete, and what units that we have potentially moving out. We meet with our CapEx guys on Tuesday, and then we have our weekly meeting on Wednesday, which is great because normally we used to do our meetings on Monday, but the problem is, and everybody's got the Monday scaries or Sunday scaries, but more importantly, Monday meetings are super unproductive because nothing happened over the weekend or there's really not an update. So we realized that very early and said, hey, we're moving this to Wednesday. So now you have the final half of the prior week and then you have two or three days of movement on, on Wednesday. So then on Wednesdays, we our meetings take about an hour and it's our property management partners who's ever, you know, whichever building we're discussing and we rotate with the management companies. But on Wednesday, we go over CapEx updates, what happened, where we at, issues. We go over the uh, property management updates, where the KPIs are at, how are collections, how are evictions, and then special projects. So everybody's communicating on a day-to-day basis. And there's obviously challenges and growing pains, but it comes down to the property managers and the CapEx team have to be aligned and they're totally separate. You can't commingle them. We've done that. We've tried to use the maintenance guys for the CapEx. We've tried to use the CapEx guys, but you can't do it. Like me, Josh and I literally are, well, I lose it when I hear the CapEx guys are happening on property management and when the property manager guys are happening on the CapEx. So we've learned that. So everybody runs their own little lanes and then we meet as a group and we talk about where we're at. I do want to rewind a little bit about back to the CapEx on when we started building, Josh. So renovating the units is one thing, right? But if the building was 100% occupied or 50% occupied, it doesn't matter. This is the process that we follow. When we take over a property, we've learned that you got to impact the property exterior. So everybody that's living in the property feels the new ownership. People are used to buildings trading all the time. And new ownership comes in, they jack the rent up, you got a higher rent, and nothing changes besides that. Maybe they'll you know, put a new sign out front. So what we do, we work on the rebrand. 
We work, focus on fixing the parking lots. We do the exterior landscaping. We hit the commons. So people see us on site. They're excited. And we haven't really asked for a higher run at that point. But now they're starting to justify, hey, there's someone in the office. There's things that are getting done. It's cleaner here. Security doors are put on the building. So now I feel safer in my, in my property. We do all that stuff first. And then we're also working the units at the same time because that's what you really have to do because no one's going to want to move to a nice renovated unit if they're still walking through the same cruddy hall to get to their apartment. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the process that we do follow. But, you know, as far as our process, it's just the CapEx and the property management team talking to each other and really working together. Are you ready to automate and explode your real estate investing? We're searching for extremely motivated individuals who are sick and tired of wasting time and want to finally see real results from their real estate investing business. We're searching for investors looking to get to the next level and become a bigger, better version of themselves while being a more successful real estate investing entrepreneur. Apply for mentoring and coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. That's joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. We learned early on a couple of years ago that you know most construction, and even Dave, who's been in commercial construction for 35 years, he says the normal process is you improve the units or you build the units, the interiors, and then you do the commons last. That's the normal process. We actually do the opposite. Uh, we've learned with all the buildings that we've bought, uh, again, almost 4,300 units now, that taking care of the interiors is important, but everybody feels the commons. So when we buy that, we paint all the commons. We have a special, even a special paint color. We paint all the doors, which we call Freeland Blue. We do the, you know, the, the gray with the white trim or sometimes black trim in the commons because it gets beat up. All the railings, then we do all the carpet squares, the treads, the exterior walk-in. All of that is very important in the commons. So everybody, because everybody experiences that. And then at the same time, we'll also be doing the interior units. And what's interesting is, is that we actually use two separate crews for that also. We use one paint crew to paint the common and a different paint crew to paint the interior of the units. Uh, we've got Kevin, and then we've got what's called K&Z. They're two different paint crews. And then even the flooring on the interior units, we've got one group uh, or one contractor that does the interior units and that flooring. And we've actually got a great uh, relationship with Lowe's that does the common flooring. So we could have one crew just focusing on all the commons, the paint, the carpet, the treads, all of that kind of stuff, the painting, the doors, the LED lighting. We've got one crew that just does the commons. So they, they can knock that out really fast because it's all they have to worry about. And then we have a totally separate group of guys and a different crews that are going into the units. So you're going to see it, Stewart House, we just bought it today. You're going to find within 90 days of today, we're going to have at least those 40 vacancies done. And we'll have probably another 10 to 15 vacancies that come up per month. It's about 5%. It's a 300 unit building. So 5% would be 15 units a month that will be also turning. So within 90 days, you'll probably see us have turned probably 60-ish to 70-ish units within 90 days. And you've got all the commons. You got, I think it's 25 common entries, 25 entryways. Those will all be done. LED lighting, paint, carpet, treads, that'll be finished. 
Uh, we've got some boilers that have to be worked on. That'll be done. And then we're going to you know, take care of the parking lots and the front mains areas as well. So literally within 90 days from now, today we're recording, this is April 28th, and the deal just closed an hour ago. April 28th, call it May 1st. So all of May, all of June, all of July. By August 1, this place will be totally different. It'll right, be totally right. different, right? And okay. we'll be taking the rents, which are right now hovering around $600 or $650, and our pro forma has us raising those rents on a two bedroom all the way up to a thousand dollars, and on the one bedrooms all the way up to about eight twenty five to eight fifty. And we're going to find out really fast if we can just go right from six hundred on a classic all the way up to a thousand dollars on an improved unit. Even if we don't get to a thousand, that's okay. We've got to get to a thousand three and a half years from now. Right, but it right. wouldn't surprise me if we start getting that pretty much right off the rip. Yeah, and then one thing too about this property that. I- I think it's going to be great for operations is there's about an eight, I don't know, 7,500 square foot building on there that the property management team could run, but also our corporate office and our construction team that's on site and our VP, Dave, our director of operations, Jen, Roberto, our, our CFO, will all be able to work from there on site so we can house the material and our subs and our contractors, everything will run a lot smoother because we're physically on site. So that's what's also great about this property is everybody's on site and it's within seven minutes from 700 more of our units, literally just right down the street. So I think that's a huge, huge benefit for us. It'll run smoother. There's not going to be as many containers storing our material. And then we can have our actual group meetings there because we have so much space. So on the checklist as well, it's getting the office renovated so our, our staff has a nice place to work from. Yeah, absolutely. Now, are we going to displace some of the residents over time? Absolutely. Right. Mm. We're going to try to take this tenant base from a C, C plus kind of tenant base up to a B, B plus type of tenant base. And that's going to take some time. You know, there's going to be some people that aren't happy about it. But again, there's plenty of apartment complexes where they can live and keep the same kind of pricing that they want to pay now, 700 bucks, 600 bucks, whatever. But we've proven on numerous buildings that are in good locations. This building is in a solid BB plus location. That's most important, but it's being managed like a D class or a C minus building because again, owner went through, you know, went through some stuff and he hasn't raised rents in four years and it's just kind of lost some of his staff and he's ready to retire. I get it. Like when I'm 70 and we have a $200 million portfolio, I'll be less motivated too, right? Right. When that thing's paid off and there's no debt, I won't be as motivated either. Like he he doesn't need to be motivated. I wouldn't be motivated if I was him either. Like no disrespect, like he's done it right. He's made it. So he doesn't have to do the hard work that we're about to do, right? But we're going to displace some people. People are like, oh my God, you're going to kick people out. No, we're not kicking anybody out. We're going to not just simply not renew their lease. If they don't take care of their unit, we don't want them on site. Simple as that. If they take care of their unit, we will happily have them move to an improved unit or even keep their current unit, but they're going to have a better experience. So we are going to charge a little bit more. Okay. So before everybody riots in front of our building and says, oh my God, you're kicking people out. We are not going to do that. We're going to really take care of everybody. And I think that's the difference, right? You've got all these out of town dollars coming in and tell her, you know, if we didn't win this deal and somebody else would have won it, they would have put no work into it. They would just be cash flowing it. And nothing would change. Nothing. Nothing would change. Nothing at all. 
Yeah. I don't want to own buildings like that. I don't want to be that landlord. I don't want to be known as that guy. Like we've, we've walked through several buildings where we're like, Oh my gosh. gosh. How did they not know this is going on? How can you live with yourself? Like just knowing it, but that's why we're different. You know, I mean, I, I, I posted the other day about one of our properties. You have our properties got granite cabinets, nice flooring. Then you just have a vanilla property, 70 style. We're talking yellow bathrooms, carpet clean, but 70 style for the same price. I mean, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. So that's just not our model, right? We're, we're super hands-on. We have pride. We're on site. We're, we're helping the property management team. I mean, there's times where me and Josh are on site and there's weeds and we're pulling, you know, like we're, we're super involved. Um, we have to be involved or things just won't get done. One other thing, Teller, I want to I want to touch base on before we wrap up here for today, and we we got we've got to do this more often. Just absolutely you know, to talk right about our stuff. But you, Glenn, and I have created a really I think special and unique relationship in that we we really don't see each other that often, right? Mm-hmm. I work from home a lot. You work from your home. You have your own office. Glenn works from home a lot. But we each have three different swim lanes, right? We each do three different things. And I think this is really serving us well, especially for the long term. I think me, you, and Glenn in the very short future will all end up in Florida somewhere. And Glenn and I were just talking about the other day that you could run this business that we've built now with the systems, the people, the software that we've built, where the three of us can relocate permanently. Mm -hmm. And maybe once a month, like you go back for a week. And you check on things, you walk units. Then the next month, I go back for a week. Absolutely. I check on units. I meet with the staff. The next month, Glenn goes back. He checks on units. He, you know, he he walks units, meets with the staff. And so you really create a, a process now where the three of us can ultimately invest where we want to invest, but also live wherever the hell we want to live. Mm-hmm. And the respect that we've built, the swim lanes that we've built has allowed us to ultimately decide where and how and wherever the hell we want to live. And to me, that's like most important, right? It's lifestyle. It's not that the lifestyle of like popping bottles and going to Vegas every weekend. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking no. about freedom of choice, mm-hmm. right? So just comment on that a little bit, because I think ultimately that's what everybody that's listening is really trying to do. Freedom of choice, freedom of money, freedom of time. That's what we're really going after here. And I, we've done a lot of it strategically. It's some of it by accident, but I think we've really set ourselves up to be able to come and go whenever and wherever we want, which is for me, the most important thing. How about you? hundred percent. I mean, I felt it starting last winter, right? When I bought my house in Florida, you just came back from Naples, right? On Sunday, I'm gone. I'm in Florida. I'm coming back the first week because we just closed on this, this deal, but I'm going to be gone the rest of the month. And I can do that because of our swim lanes that we own, the employees know what they're going to do. And, and more importantly, we can depend on each other. Like you guys know, I'm going to hold my, my lane. I know that you're going to hold your lane. You're going to bring the money. You're, you're going to you know help with the deals. You're going to underwrite the deals. Glenn's going to help with the construction, the hiring. Like it's, we're really good. We're all of us are, us three are in the lanes that play to our strengths. Right. And I think that's really, really the key here. And then it's great to be able to paint that picture to other people that, hey, this can be possible and you don't have to do it on your own. Right. Like you can own a company and a lot of real estate and you don't have to do it on your own. I actually highly advise not to do it on your own because 
now we can enjoy that stuff. You weren't stressed when you were in Florida, right? I think it's when we really figured it out is we all taken vacations and be like, oh man, we're really not on a vacation. We're on all the time, but yeah. we're also off all the time too. So I, I think that our relationships are, are organically just worked out very, very well. COVID helped. We are forced to work from home. Yeah. I would have never done that. I'm a very in-person type of guy. When during COVID, I'd wake up, I go drive around the block because I can't work from home. Um, <laughs> I literally couldn't do it. So I think COVID definitely helped us do that. And it made us think a little bit more about SOPs, processes, and just making sure that we actually think about the operation of the business and then implement, right? And hold the people accountable. Hey, it's not in the software. It doesn't matter, right? right. So. Yeah, I think that's super, super awesome and and really, really impactful to our families too, to know that, hey, like, you know, for you, like the kids are like, yeah, dad can take a vacation whenever we want. You know, you don't have to get stressed about that. My fiance and is allowed to work from home. Yeah, yeah just, just got engaged um, in Disney World in Florida in February. So she can work from home, took a new job as well. And it's a work from home job. So there's really nothing on a day-to-day basis, why we have to be here. And believe me, if we all do move to Florida, I, I will, I'll be itching to come back to see where the business is at, right? Yeah. I'll probably be super annoying to everybody in my neighborhood because I'll just be out and about walking yeah. around. So I'm excited. There's definitely opportunity and anybody can do this, right? It's just about finding the right group. And it'll happen when it's, when you really are not, like when you're not trying to. Yeah. I think my, my last thought on that is, you know, we've all had different partnerships. Uh, we all have mm-hmm. other properties we own, right, outside yeah. of our partnership. But we've realized that, like, we're not looking. Like, I see a lot of people on social media, or a lot of people uh, uh, doing commercial deals and apartments that are always looking for their next partner. I would actually advise against that. Yeah, I, I don't think it's healthy to just buy a building with one group and then go buy the next building with a different group and then the building with a different group because. Mm-hmm. There's so much thought and process from the softwares that we use, the systems that we use. That's it's because the three of us are in constant communication that we've we've stumbled on a new software and then we adopted it. And then we're like, no, we don't like that one. Let's start over. Let's do something different. And we try another software. Like, oh, we really like how this works. Let's work on it together. Versus mm-hmm. if you just go by and say, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna co-syndicate this property with this group, and then I'm gonna be a loan sponsor on this deal over here, and then I'm gonna raise capital for this deal over there, and then I'll be an asset manager on this deal over here, all with different ownership groups. That's a recipe for disaster. I don't think it's possible. Yeah. In real life, I don't I after being in the game, I don't think it's possible. I really, really don't. Well, it's possible to a point where one or two businesses might be successful, but something else is failing. I mean, you have to be involved. And then like we are holding our own within our company, right? So if you keep syndicating uh, with other bunch of 10 different partners, someone's not going to hold their own and someone's going to step up more Then you're going to lose, you know, leadership on the other property, other company. So that's just my opinion. But yeah, I think that's a unique situation for us. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff today, Tyler. Super excited, man. Like, dude, virtual high five. Stewart House, baby, 296 <laughs> units. Hey, I know you're you're really active on social media, especially lately. Tell our audience where they can connect with you. Sure. Uh, on Instagram, Facebook, add me on Facebook. I'm just trying to share. Instagram name is tbrum23. 
Facebook name is my name, Tyler Brummett. And yeah, I'm just trying to share everything that we're doing, right? So people can see social proof and learn and get the education from on, on what we're doing, because that's how I learned is I just watched a lot of videos. So, and if you guys ever need any advice on things or you're ever looking for some tips, shoot me a DM, send me a message. You know, I'm very easy um, to get in contact with. Fantastic stuff, guys. Well, there you have it. Another episode of Accelerated Investor on the day of the oh, house cool. closing, 296 units, 16.3 million with a $27 million stabilized value. Guys, thanks so much for joining us today and we'll see you next time. Take care. See you guys. You were just listening to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. If you enjoyed this episode and learned something new, help us build the AI community by leaving a review and five-star rating on our iTunes podcast channel. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss another episode. To see passive investing opportunities, visit freelandventures.com slash passive. To start your journey toward the lifestyle you've always dreamed of with multifamily apartments, apply for one-on-one -on -one coaching with Josh at www.joshcantwellcoaching.com.